Hello, it's Peter Wright and Kathleen Beauvais with another episode of the Yakking Show, Harmony, Your Path to Wholeness channel, where we bring you expert guests and interesting guests to help you with tips and ideas to live a healthy and fulfilling and satisfying life in the interesting times we seem to be heading into. Today's guest is no exception, but first, let's introduce co-host Kathleen. Hi, Kathleen. How are you today? I'm doing great, Peter. Thank you so much. And thank you all so very much for tuning into our show. We so appreciate having you. And as Peter mentioned, we do have another special guest with us today. We are so thrilled to uh, have Susan Wilkin Haran to the show today. Hello, Susan. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. Hello, Kathleen and Peter, and uh, to all your listeners, hello. And so Susan is a three-time cancer survivor. She's a wellness advocate, a cancer coach, and the best-selling author of The Single Source Cancer Course. So Susan, let's just jump right in. What's the biggest lesson that you've learned from having cancer three times? Oh, Kathleen, I I think there are so many lessons, of course, but um, to really narrow it down, the most important thing that I try to share uh, with the people I come into contact with is that we have to be proactive. Um, We have to be proactive. Uh, No one, remember, no one really cares about our life as much as we do, and no one knows our body as well as we do. It is a matter of personal responsibility. And uh, one thing I always counsel people on is please take responsibility for your own health and wellness. Don't assume ever that someone else is going to do it for you. And I don't care if it's a spouse or a partner or a a trusted friend or, or a doctor or a family member. Take care of yourself. Watch yourself. Know your own body. Make sure you get regular checkups. Uh, counsel with professionals that if you ever think something is wrong, you have to follow up on it and force people to listen to you and answer your questions. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. very sound advice. Yeah, absolutely agree 100% with that, Susan. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Most most definitely. Mm-hmm. So, something that, that I've got to ask you, Susan, you, you, you on your website, you say you were healthy, athletic, slim, non-smoking vegetarian when you were first diagnosed over 20 years ago. What, why do you think you were singled out to get cancer? I mean, that might be an unfair question, but why did it manifest in you, do you think? Um, it was genetics, Peter. Okay. It really doesn't, um, the way we live our life, the foods we eat, our lifestyle, they all impact our health and wellness. There's no doubt about it. Sure. But there is a very strong genetic impact with most disease and most illness, most illness especially cancer. Now, uh, over 20 years ago, I, I was very young, uh, athletic, a vegetarian, all of these uh, good things that, that contribute to a very good lifestyle. Um, and nevertheless, I was diagnosed with colon cancer very early in life. Now, I came to find out that it runs in my family. Mm-hmm. I found out that I had two maternal uncles who had colon cancer. My mother had a history of polyps, colon polyps. Mm-hmm. So when you and who knows about my grandparents 
who all may have had colon cancer as well. But back in those days, to speak very frankly, people usually died of something earlier in life sure. other than cancer. Yep. Cancer yep. is more a disease of older age. So when it hit me very young, as it's hitting so many people very young right now, uh, you must take into consideration the genetic component. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But uh, that I've got to ask you a follow-up question to that. Do you think, and this is a loaded question, but do you think your healthy lifestyle before that is the reason you're talking to us today and not diet in your 30s or 40s, for instance? I know. I, I think that's such a good question. And my answer is yes. I think a very healthy lifestyle, of course, contributes. And if we are predetermined to some type of a disease, a healthy lifestyle uh, will simply, I think, help alleviate that. Now, mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that it's going to take care of it or avoid illness or disease. Um, but I do think, you see, look, if we look at it this way, maybe my body was stronger at the time because of a healthy lifestyle. So that when I was diagnosed with cancer, when the cancer was um, large enough to be detected, my body had more strength, perhaps, mm -hmm. to fight it off. Right, right. Yeah, yeah I, I, I said it was a loaded question because my experience is parallel, but this shows about you. I'll just mention very briefly. I was a marathon runner, very active my whole life. I did smoke a little bit on and off, never drank much, ate healthily, had a heart attack at 60. So I'm lying on the, the gurney with the angiogram in my groin and the cardiologist telling me to look at the screen and that's damaged your heart. And I said to him, but I've led a healthy life. He says, well, maybe that's why you didn't die from the heart attack. He said, but everybody has plaque in their arteries, he said, and we don't know exactly what causes a bit to break off and, and produce the clot that causes the heart attack. He said, but I would agree that your healthy lifestyle is one of the reasons it didn't kill you first time around. So I think that reinforces exactly what you're saying. For our audience to take uh, recognition of. Thank you for that, Susan. Back to you, Kathleen. Well, thank you for that that message, uh, Peter. Thank you. I completely agree with you and your doctors on that point. Yeah. So I, I just have another question, though. When it comes to cancer and being predisposed to certain illnesses, in this case, not necessarily cancer, but in, 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 in any illness, there... And I'm trying to I'm trying to think that how to word this, but there has to be something that triggers it, because in some cases, some people these predispositions never end up manifesting. Whether it's through a healthy lifestyle, maybe they've done something completely different from their upbringing. But do you agree with that, that even though you may be predisposed there in some situations, you can um, bypass these illnesses altogether and it's finding out how to do that. Did I word that correctly? Did that did that make sense? You did. And I wish I knew. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I wish I could give you a definitive answer. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Right. Um, I, uh, and science is beginning to support the fact that we all may be born with cancer cells in our bodies. Mm -hmm. sure. Sometimes they continue to manifest to a point where they are noticeable, detectable, and then we have to treat it. <clears throat> but there are probably many, many individuals 
who have cancer in their bodies, but it never uh, grows to the point where it interferes with mm -hmm. uh, the functions of the body or the organs of the body. Now, why, why do some of us experience cancer and some of us maybe have it in our bodies, but we never have a problem with it? I don't know, Kathleen. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, it's one of the mysteries of, uh, of uh, medicine right now mm -hmm. and of yeah. cancer treatment. And, and, and of course, cancer. it's not just a healthy lifestyle, physically a healthy lifestyle, but it's also what you are being, what you're feeding your mind. It's also your emotions. So it is, I mean, it's absolutely. So somebody who um, can be very healthy, but end up getting sick. But if you look at their levels of stress uh, and their, you know, their emotional, the negativity that is being brought into their brains on a daily basis by watching the news or watching, you know, murder shows or watching whatever, it's all this negativity that would also have an impact Correct. Oh, I, I think so completely. You know, um, health and wellness, it's not just about the physical body. Mm -hmm. It's about uh, the, the mental outlook. It's about uh, spirituality. Mm -hmm. It's about outlook and perception on, on life. Um, we have to strive to have a certain balance in our lives. I think mm -hmm. most of us try to do that, whether it's eating healthy whether it's engaging in positive activities, um, whether it's affirmations in front of the mirror every day, whether it's meditation, uh, uh, visualization, good health has so many different aspects to it. Absolutely agree with that. But how do you go about specifically helping others battling cancer, Susan? Well, you you know, there's um there's an old Chinese proverb, and it says, to know the road ahead, ask those coming back. Mm. And I thought about that, and I thought, you know, sometimes life throws you a curveball. Uh, I, was, I was an attorney. I was practicing law, but because I was so sick from my first cancer, it was very difficult to continue down the path. And I thought, but I have learned so much from this, so let me go ahead and try to help those who are right now facing uh, the same diagnoses or going down the same path, because I had to jump through all the hoops. I had obstacles. I had fences. I, I had to figure it all out myself because 20 years ago, we did not have the information that we have today. So my goal was to try to gather all the information I could that helped me survive and put it in one place, single source, uh, to help others who were facing a cancer diagnosis as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I hope that you, answers your question. Yeah, very good answer. I like the quote, the Chinese proverb too. There's a lot of truth in that one for mm -hmm. sure. Susan, you mentioned you you just mentioned you were a lawyer before. So with your legal background, What's your opinion on the first world health system as we are experiencing it at the moment? Uh, because I'm sure you, with the journey you've been on, you've got good knowledge of the free health in Britain, the paid for mainly health in your country and the mainly free health in our country, um, all of which have their good and bad points. What's your opinion on the overall health system in the first world? 
the only one, Peter, I have experience with, of course, is here in the mm -hmm. United States. Um, and I know there are many other health care systems, but I don't understand them. Um, I've never experienced them. So here in our country, first of all, I will say that I am grateful every day to be experiencing what I'm experiencing in an age when the technology has come so far mm -hmm. um, and where knowledge of cancer and different diseases has come uh, so far. So I am very grateful for the healthcare that is available. Unfortunately, it's very expensive mm -hmm. and it's can be very difficult for people in this country to get the proper health care. Uh, the treatments may be available, but it does come down often to a situation. Can you afford it? Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. I, I was lucky to live oh. in a country that was called Rhodesia in South Africa, where it had a dual system of uh, government free health care for people who couldn't afford any better. And a system very similar to yours where we paid medical insurance but because we didn't our courts would not allow uh, frivolous litigation and there were very few claims on doctors the cost of our medical insurance was minimal it was so low we didn't even think about it and we did get access to treatment so to me the hybrid model works well if it's controlled but every system has its faults. I'm just grateful, like you said, that uh, I had access to the Canadian system, which is excellent if you have something seriously wrong with you. Cost is not a factor. It's free. It's frustrating if you have something minor wrong with you. Um, and I won't go any further down that road. But um, <laughs> we're here to talk about you, not the Canadian health system. <laughs> back to you, Kathleen. Before I go off on a wild goose chase, let's get back to you. Well, you know what? I'm just going to interject my personal opinion on, sure. on the healthcare system. Um, so the first world, as we call it, the first world healthcare systems, I think, are fantastic when it comes to diagnostic measures. Um, and when it comes to acute conditions, like for yourself, Peter, when you had the heart yeah. attack or you want to go to the hospital, absolutely, and get cared for, absolutely. But when it comes to chronic conditions, my preference would be to turn to holistic alternative health treatments. What's your opinion on that, Susan? I love them. Um, I have always been an advocate of combining the best of Western medicine with the best of Eastern philosophy. Um, I, for example, have been meditating most of my life, which Peter, as you brought up earlier, I think is one of the things uh, that saved my life again and mm -hmm. again and again. Um, I think there are so many things in the world, again, as we were talking about, that contribute to a healthy lifestyle. And in that respect, it's not just the, the um, medicines and the technology of Western medicine. Mm -hmm. uh, it's um, the philosophies of, uh, as you were bringing up, Kathleen, your, your mental health, mm -hmm. uh, the way you think, um, positivity, perception. Uh, so many people, I, I, I'm very much in favor of meditation. Um, different body um, 
treatments, including uh, massage, acupuncture, acupressure, um, all of these things have value. And I think it's very important, at least for me, to combine as many of these different knowledges as we can. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Like even herbs, you know, working with yes. uh, natural paths, um, supplements, I think in many cases, they're able to help detoxify the body, even though we may think we're healthy and we eat healthy. Uh, when you go through a detoxification process, you realize oh, I may be, I, I really do have a lot of toxins in this body that needed to be rid of. Um, so I, I'm, I'm a huge advocate of the holistic approach, as you know, Peter, but, um, yeah, yeah, I, I know going on little pilgrimages and taking strange substances and sitting in the jungle. Yeah, we've heard of it. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm mocking you, but yes, I, admire I, you, I, I admire you for doing it. I, I've done other extreme stuff, but I don't know if I could handle that. <laughs> <laughs> Susan, sorry, I'm going to jump in. What about purpose? purpose in life having something to to support to advocate to be involved in uh, driving fashion something that consumes you where do you see that fitting into this category of healthy living oh I, well it's very important um you know i hear so many people talking about um happiness today mm -hmm. and have to go out and find happiness and make your happiness happen but actually, I don't think the key word here or term is happiness. I think it's just what you said. I think it's purpose. Mm -hmm. And I think if we can find a purpose in our lives, satisfaction, happiness, contentment, whatever you want to call it, will naturally follow from that. I think there has yep. to be a purpose. And, and, you know, whatever that purpose is, maybe it's, maybe it's maintaining a fabulous garden. Now, for the neighborhood, maybe it's teaching, uh, maybe it's writing, maybe it's music. But I agree, you you have to have some purpose in life. And that will, I think, go a long way in keeping us healthy and happy. I agree 100%. Mm -hmm. I'm going to risk boring Kathleen and tell you briefly that I lived in Africa for most of my life. That's why I have a strange accent. But some <laughs> of the most contented people I came across were black Africans who, by our standards, lived in almost poverty, but their diet was poor. They lived in wattle and mud houses with no running water, uh, no electricity. They'd never own a car or TV. Be lucky if they had a bicycle and a transistor radio. And they worked 10, 12 hours a day, and the kids walked three or four miles barefoot to school and fought for a place in that school and did homework by candlelight, right? No complaints. And yet some of those people... Honestly, were the most contented I've ever come across because their purpose was living with what they had. That was it. Yes, some were some were disenchanted, but it was an amazing lesson to me. Um, quite incredible. What I was going to ask you before I went off that rabbit hole, sorry, Kathleen, was um, as I said earlier, I think perhaps before we started recording the show, Susan and I met on Twitter a couple of years ago, and. We are in a group or in the writing community where we support one another. And Susan does a tremendous job of supporting other writers and worthy people on Twitter. And and I'm amazed at how much you do on Twitter. I, I don't really do anything on Facebook, so you may be there too. What motivates you to, to do such good work on Twitter, Susan? Well, first of all, thank you for the compliment. Um, I, I, do, I do the best I can. 
But I am, my motto is that I don't want to do anything unless it either inspires or informs. Mm -hmm. And on Twitter, especially within the writing community, there are so many wonderful people, uh, creative people, who through their books, through their poetry, through all of these different things, really make the world a better place. Um, And I am always uh, eager to support anyone who who takes their creativity and uh, tries to make the world more beautiful um, or more tolerable. Uh, And so I I engage the the most I can. I I don't really do that much, Peter. I I try to keep my hand in, but you know, I'm, I'm so busy doing so many other things. Um, but I do enjoy Twitter. And as you said, that's where we met. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy the people that, uh, that we meet. And um, I'm very happy to support them in their creative endeavors. Mm, very nice. Very good. So tell us about your book, Susan, and how do people get it? Uh, well, my, uh, my first, it was actually two books. My first two books, they are the single source cancer course. Again, I wanted to have one place where people who were uh, facing cancer could find, really find the answers that that they needed because time becomes uh, something of great importance. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but then I heard from friends, well, I just want to know about how to prevent cancer. So I have one volume for that. Then I have another volume for treatment and survival. And they're all available on Amazon, which uh, has become one of the, the biggest, um, you know, supporters of publishers of all kinds of books. So I have that, um, but then I've, you know, we were speaking a little bit about balance in life, but I also wear several hats as we all do. And I also run a family business, which is cartoon characters. Ah. And there's really not, much that is more fun than cartoon characters. (laughs) So one of, uh, and one of the things I truly believe in is that um, laughter just may be the best medicine. I think it's very important to bring humor uh, into our lives. And so that facet of my life allows me to do that. And that, that brought me to my third book, which was all things you can see here in the background, Betty Boop's Guide to a Bold and Balanced Life. And um, we have been working with her a lot. And in fact, we're, we're right in the middle of bringing um, the uh, Betty Boop musical uh, to Broadway. Ooh, and wonderful. right now, we just, uh, we're, we're at the point, we're moving the company to Chicago this week. And we are finally going to open uh, in Chicago for tryouts. Wow. That's amazing. So, Isn't that something? Yeah. Oh. After many long years and a lot of hard work, yeah, um, but it good. helps balance uh, my life with uh, health and wellness nicely. Mm, very good. I, I've got to ask you something, Susan. On your when we read your story, you you started with colon cancer, then you got over that, then you got breast cancer, as I understand it, you got over that, and then along the line, you developed skin cancer, and. Are they connected? Is there any reason to believe that one can lead to the next or not necessarily? Um, Yes, they can be. 
for example, um, first of all, do you know about first degree relatives? It is a very key component uh, when we're understanding our own health. Um, a first degree relative is a parent or a sibling or a child who has cancer. If that is the case, if that is your experience, then you are more likely to get cancer. Um, colon cancer ran in my family. Mm -hmm. Now, when you have colon cancer and then you develop breast cancer, sometimes you can have something called Lynch syndrome. I was tested for that. Uh, I did not have that. So breast cancer was something that came, um, that affected me because of a physical condition of the breast known as fibrosis, which okay. is very thick, dense tissue, uh, which can lead to the development of different tumors. However, once a woman has breast cancer, they are much more likely to develop skin cancer, including uh -huh. melanoma. So many of these things are connected. Okay, okay. I've had many skin cancers. Fortunately for me, squamous and basal cell, no melanomas, and many, many, many excise. And when I was undergoing an experimental treatment uh, some years back, many of the people coming for that experiment, experimental treatment were uh, people who'd received organ donations. And they were telling me that the, the medical staff were telling me that the drugs they use to suppress rejection of um, donated organs can lead to skin cancer. And that was an interesting one for me as well. Fortunately, mine is, you know, a, a cut and a few sutures and I'm over it until the next time and it, it's going to last the rest of my life. Uh, one of the problems with me was living in the tropics all my life and a being of an age when barrier cream uh, was not even invented and we used things that probably made it worse, like cow milking salve. <laughs> but anyway, the story is not about me. So next question for you, Susan. Um, if you all the work you've done helping people get over cancer, and is there one characteristic habit mindset that separates those who come to terms with the cancer and get on with getting over it quickly from those who remain victim and probably succumb to it earlier than they should? Is there one thing, or is it a lot more complicated? I, I wish it were just one thing, Peter. I, I think it's far more complicated than that. Okay, and so so there are so many different aspects to this um, uh, that, that we don't understand. Um, and, and certainly I don't, I don't have all the answers. Um, gee, I wish someone did. Uh, I do think though, however, you know, sometimes I hear people say they get cancer, they get some other disease and they say, why me? But it's such the wrong question because mm -hmm. really it's more like, why not me? Mm -hmm. Um, more than half of us will develop uh, cancer, some form of cancer sometime in our life. And those of us who don't, everyone knows someone with cancer. Everyone sure. is infected by cancer in one way or another. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's, it's a part of our life. I think the important thing to remember with cancer is that it is simply not a death sentence anymore. Mm -hmm. Not like it was a, genera a generation ago or two sure. generations ago. And what we're, what we're doing now is we are learning to live with cancer. And, um, and we can go on for many, many, many years, even with cancer in our bodies. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's something to be very 
helpful about. Sure. And I think other than that is something I've already mentioned, which is we must take responsibility for our own health. And I come back to the point, please, um, if you take one thing away from this show, let it be that we all have to remain proactive. I agree. Uh, I don't want people, I always say, I don't want people to be surprised. Mm-hmm. I want them to be prepared. Mm-hmm. Understand your family history. Understand your history, your medical history. Know what your risks are. Make sure you get the proper um, the the proper screening tests for whatever it is for which you're at risk. Uh, make sure you see your doctor regularly. Take a very proactive approach. And and also, I also tell people please don't don't be afraid. Be mm-hmm. informed. Uh, it's it's much better if we live our lives being informed uh, and not afraid because there are so many things we can do. And even if we do get a cancer diagnosis, I mean, you know, look at you, Peter, look at me. Um, Sure. Early detection is key. And if we can catch it early, we can treat it and we can survive. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, well done, Susan. And just for our listeners who might be worried about skin cancer, I've been living with it for 40 years and um, I still do an, a, a lot. It hasn't affected me apart from a few extra scars. I have no problems living with it at all. So, yeah, that was my little bit there. Kathleen, back to you. Well, we are running a bit low on time here. How do people contact you, Susan? Well, um, as as Peter said, I am on Twitter. It's, you know, okay. twitter.com yep. s Wilking Haran. Uh, my Facebook page is um, facebook.com slash the official Susan Wilking Haran. Uh, my website is again www.susanwilkingharan.com. And um, I'm also on Instagram and uh, Pinterest, all under the same name. All the same name. Okay. All under the same name. Good. And for our audio listeners, all those uh, contact details for Susan will be in the description on whatever platform you happen to be listening to this on. And I would encourage you to certainly listen to the whole show. Susan's given us some really good uh, advice, tips and ideas to live a healthy life. Thank you, Susan, from me. Yes. Oh, thank you, Peter. Thank you, Kathleen. And and thanks to all your listeners. It was a pleasure. It was our pleasure, Susan. Thank you for joining us today. And thank you all again for tuning into our show. And if anyone is interested in being a guest on our show, please visit us at theyackingshow.com. All you need to do is click on the contacts tab where you will find a short application form. And Peter, would you like to talk about our newsletter? I will mention the newsletter, but I've got to mention to people who want to be on the show, we are booked up, fully booked up until March March. 2024. Mm -hmm. So if you want to be on the show in the early part of Next year, you better book quickly. And we're looking for guests both on our business and Harmony Health Channel. Uh, My last message is we've had another outstanding guest today, as we frequently do. To make sure you don't miss out on future guests like Susan, sign up for our newsletter. We only send you one email a week with news about this week's guests and who's coming next week. A couple of health tips. There's a form on the website, theyackingshow.com. Sign up and you'll get the news. Thank you. That's it from me. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you, everyone. Until next time, take care. Bye-bye. Bye.